Welcome to the Thrive Podcast. We hope you find this message encouraging and challenging. Check out what we talked about this week. Hey, who in here remembers ever doing anything dumb in their life or anything foolish? Yeah, pretty much all of us, right? Hey, for me, I, I, I'm pretty sure that I've got, I've got you all beat. I, I, I have a long list of 28 years of doing dumb things or foolish things. I remember one specific time, uh, and I have to share this one because I can't share most of them because they're too embarrassing. Uh, but this one uh, is only a little bit embarrassing, so I'll share it with you. I remember uh, years ago, I was in a program called Cadre. Some of you know what that is, some of you don't. It's a leadership training program. At that time, it was held at the Grable's house. Uh, so Patrick Keith and Lacey were leading it. And I don't know, Caleb, maybe she was at Grandma and Grandpa's or in the basement. I don't know. We never checked the basement. Were you in the basement? She's probably in the basement. So we were there, and it's time to go, and it's wintertime. So the streets are like really snowy and icy, and okay, you guys are about to hear some like honest truth from me about my motivations and what I was thinking that I've actually never said out loud today, until today. But here goes. So I'm, I'm driving in their, in their street, it kind of has a curve, and then you get to the spot where you come back out onto Swede, and there's a yield sign, and then there's no stop sign, and you just, you go around that corner. So I'm going about maybe like five, ten miles per hour, and I think, there's no one around kind of slippery. Slippery's fun, and uh, going fast is fun, and drifting is also fun, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be fun because I'm not going that fast, right? And so I think all I got to do is be careful. I got to keep it at a steady 10 miles per hour. I got to make that turn. I just got to tap the brake. And I want to be like Mario Kart drifting around the corner and get extra boost. But what happened was this. I'm going, got to kept it at a steady 10 miles per hour, start to make that turn, tap the brake. And I didn't, I, I didn't drift, but I did slide right into the snowbank. <laughs> With my mom's car. It was awful. There was a lot of damage that I had to work and pay off. And me and a couple... People were trying to push it out of the snowbank, and we finally got it out, and then the cops rolled up and gave me a ticket. And um, I told him it was an accident. Apparently, he didn't care. But it was so dumb. Like, looking back, I'm like thinking, I'm like, why did I think that would work? Like, that was so foolish. Like, what was I even thinking? And as humans, we all can do, or at least have the potential to do, some pretty dumb or foolish things, especially when it comes to driving. Uh, so check out this video of some... People doing dumb things while they're driving. Uh-oh. Oh my gosh. Good. 
goodbye. Oh, wow. Trying to squeeze in there. Oh, this one's bad. comes to driving. I cannot imagine being in a lot of their situation. I don't know what they were thinking. They probably were not thinking at all, right? And hopefully they're all okay. I didn't really look into that, but I... I that would be kind of sad, but the, the, the truth is that when you're driving, a lot, of, a lot of bad things can happen. It's really important, right, to, to get it right. You can swerve, you can hit things, you can try to cut in front of people, and, and things just go wrong. And maybe you're here tonight and you're wondering if I'm going to be te teaching you guys about driving. No, I'm not going to teach you guys about driving. Uh, some of you guys already took driver's ed and some of you guys are, are, are going to get there eventually, okay? So don't worry about it. But uh, maybe you're wondering why I'm talking a lot about driving. And the reason is this, is that driving actually gives us a really good picture or kind of a concrete example of, of what life is like. Like, because driving... It's so important. When you get into a vehicle, you have to make sure you drive right. If you don't do it right, some of that stuff can happen. And the same is true for life. There's certain things that we care a lot about that are really important that we want to get right. And when we're driving, uh, we can experience either blessings and freedom and, and really good things like like. You can go to school without having to wait for the bus. You can get a job and start making some money. You can go wherever you want to go without needing to get a ride. You can get to places and travel to places that would otherwise be out of reach to you, right? You get to have new experiences, just freedom. I don't have to have my parents drop me off for that sleepover. I get to drive to that same sleepover by myself, so take that, world. But. That's if you do it rightly. Experience the blessings and the freedom and all the benefits of driving. But if you do it wrong, if you mess it up, at the very least, you get off course, right? But at the very worst, you end up in a wreck and end up in a disaster that ends up hurting yourself and other people. And that's what life is like. If we do it rightly, we experience a lot of blessings and a lot of freedoms and a lot of benefits. But if we do it wrongly, at least we go off course. At worst, we end up in a disaster. And there's a lot of things um, in life that we really care about, a lot of vehicles that are important that we could be stepping into. How many of you guys are uh, first-time middle schoolers, going into middle school for the very first time? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, don't want to mess that up, right? I can't think of a middle schooler who's going into middle school and thinking, you know what? I really hope I don't make any friends this year. 
I hope my life goes way off course and I end up in a disaster. No, you want to get middle school right, right? How many are ninth graders going into high school the first time? Yeah. How many of you want to get that right? Yeah. Whoa, Lucas, you are not. There's no way. Are you a ninth grader? He said, yeah. You go to the same school, but he don't know that he just likes hanging out with the younger kids in your classroom. I believe you, Lucas. You don't want to mess up high school, right? It's really important. Now, there's some of you that either are thinking about or have already started stepping into the vehicle of dating relationships. And you want to get it right. You want to make sure that you find that person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Some of you guys are like shaking your heads at me. You're like, no, gross, ugh. Hey, I'd rather get in a car accident. I don't, I don't know why. But there's a lot of things that we really value and we really want to get right that are so important that if we get them right, we experience a lot of blessings and freedom and benefits. But if we get them wrong, at the very least, we end up off course in our life. At the very worst, we end up in a wreck, in a disaster. Things like school, dating, friendships, family relationships, career, decisions about your future, all kinds of stuff that we really need to get right. And we all want to get these things right. Like, like I said, nobody's going to go into whatever stage of life and think, I really need to get this wrong. I hope I make a lot of enemies this year. I hope I get off course. I hope I hurt myself and a lot of other people this year. Yeah, yeah, he's just joking. He doesn't really believe that. He, 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 likes to sit, he likes to sit in their class, too. Are you a ninth grader? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he likes to sit in their class, too. But what you don't know, Tim, is that you got to get this right, okay? Whether you're sitting in the middle school class or the, the high school class, okay, Tim? you got to get it right. you got to get life right, these areas right. So how do you end up with a good life? How do you end up getting all of these things right and experiencing God's blessings and freedom in these areas in your life. Well, uh, there's a right way to drive, and there's a right way to do life. There's a right way to drive, and there's a right way to do life. And the Bible talks a lot about it. If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 8. Now, I have it on the screen as well. We're going to jump a little bit. We're not reading the whole chapter, but we're going to read a couple verses from throughout the chapter. Read verse 1. Verses 10 and 11, and verses 35 and 36. That's Proverbs 8. Now, uh, if you guys don't know what a personification is, that's what's happening in this passage. So, how many of you guys ever heard of wisdom before? Yes, wisdom. Now, wisdom is not a person, but in this chapter, it's written as if wisdom is a person speaking. It's not an actual person or deity or something like that that you can talk to or worship. It's just a way of explaining truth about wisdom. Now, starting in verse 1, does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? Verse 10 and 11, choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies. And nothing you desire can compare with her. Verse 35 and 36. For those who find me, wisdom, find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me, uh, he who fails to find me injures himself. 
All who hate me, wisdom, love death. And so just like there's a right way to drive, wisdom is the right way to live. And in order to get uh, through life, sorry, in order to get through life without getting off course, without ending up in a wreck or a disaster, you got to know how to drive. And the same is true for life. If you want to learn wisdom, if you want to get through middle school, high school, relationships, career choices, decisions about your future, the things that we care about, the things that are important in our life, you have to use wisdom. Wisdom is the right way to live. Now, the scripture says, choose instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice, gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies. If someone offered you a choice, Tim, between a million dollars and wisdom, what would you choose? It, easy, right? What would you guys choose? A million dollars or wisdom? Like, think of, like, what can I do with a million dollars? I buy a lot of cars, a lot of boats, a lot of houses. I mean, I wouldn't have to go to school because I'm set for life, right? A million dollars lasts forever, I'm pretty sure. And, yeah, I would choose a million dollars, right? Pretty easy. But, like, I can't think of who wouldn't, wouldn't do that. But God's Word is actually saying something different. God's Word is saying, choose wisdom instead. Why? Don't we want that million dollars? I know I want, I want that million dollars, but think of it like this. Think of your life as like you're driving across the country. And those riches or that million dollars is uh, how nice your car is or how expensive your car is. Now, expensive cars are really nice, right? They go fast. They're way more comfortable. They have better stereo systems. They've got heated seats. They've got heated steering wheels. They got all kinds of gadgets and features that get you from point A to point B, and it's just really nice. More expensive cars are overall a better experience. So riches, or that million dollars we're talking about, is like having a really nice car on a road trip called life. I'm going to write a book about that, maybe. I don't know. Oh, forget I even mentioned it. Okay, so... Expensive car, riches. But what is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to actually drive the car. How many of you guys know having a really expensive, really nice car doesn't mean anything if you can't drive it, if you don't know how to drive it? And that's why the Bible is telling us to choose wisdom over riches. That's because it's that much more valuable. And maybe you're in here thinking, why can't I have both, wisdom and riches? You can The Bible's not saying you have to choose one or the other, but if given the choice, you should choose wisdom because it's superior. And in fact, actually, if you use wisdom in your life, you'll end up in a lot better place financially than if you don't. So a lot of times it does go together. But the Bible is clear. More than riches, more than gold is something that we should cherish. We should desire wisdom. That's what God's Word says. It says, For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord, but those who fail to find me harm themselves. All those who hate me love death. When I see someone taking big steps in their life, getting into the vehicle of going off to college, getting into the vehicle of relationships, when I see people taking big steps and I've seen that they haven't had wisdom in their life, I get a little bit nervous for them. Like, I'm like, Lord, I, please, 
help them make it. I hope they don't. I hope they don't mess up, Lord. Please, but just help them. I I get a little bit nervous, but when I see someone take those same big steps, and I have seen them exercise wisdom, I get actually excited. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for all God has for them. I can't wait for them to experience all God has for them. But I get I get excited for them. When we live without wisdom. At the very least, we veer off course, and at the worst, we end up in a disaster, a wreck that ends up hurting ourselves and others. But when we use wisdom, whether it's in school, decisions about our future and finances, relationships, whatever, those things that are important in our life, we find favor with the Lord. Just like when we drive a car rightly, we experience those blessings, those freedoms, and we don't end up in a wreck. And maybe you're in here, and hopefully you're saying, okay, I'm sold. I want wisdom. Tell me how to get it. You've been talking about it, but you're not really giving me any action steps. Like, like how do I get it? And hopefully you're there. And I'm going to give you guys tonight in a few moments three ways that you're going to be able to get and grow in wisdom. But before that, we have to lay a foundation because before you're able, ever able to practice driving, before you're able to get into driver's ed, to sit in the classroom, to, uh, to take your driver's test, you've got to walk through the right door. You gotta walk through the right door. You can't show up to driver's ed and get in a classroom and sit down and listen to someone talk about home ec for an hour and then expect to know how to drive, right? You gotta walk through the right door. You gotta be in the right place. And I'm gonna tell you guys what the right door is, where to start if you wanna obtain wisdom in your life. And this is what it is. You gotta go through the right door. If you want wisdom, start here. Fear the Lord. That's where you have to start. You have to start with the fear of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's where it starts. The Bible says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, this is a lot of times uh, misunderstood the fear of the Lord. Like, are we afraid and scared of God? Like, we, Ah, God, please don't hurt me. No. Hopefully. The fear of the Lord is. something that we could talk about for days, for months, but I'm going to explain it to you guys in three ways to help start to get our heads around it. The fear of the Lord is first reverence and awe, talking about respect. If we continue on this analogy of driving, we can say that I'm not afraid of a car, but I would be afraid, actually terrified to drive on the wrong side of the freeway. AJ, AJ wouldn't be. I'm telling you about me, man. That would terrify me. AJ is just a professional driver. He's going to be a stunt driver in movies. I'm not. If I was driving on the wrong side of the freeway, I would be terrified. But I'm not afraid of my car. I just don't want to be on the wrong side of the freeway. And so I'm not afraid of God. Like, I have the fear of the Lord, but I'm not scared of him. But I would never want to be on the wrong side. I would never want to be on his bad side. I would never want to be against him. That would be terrifying because I understand who he is. I have an awe and a reverence for who he is. His power, his grace, holy. Another way to wrap your head around this fear of the Lord is that it's a moral mindset. It's understanding that God is the decider. He decides right and wrong, not me. I don't get to decide. There's things that I want to do, things that I don't want to do, but that doesn't mean I get to decide what's right and what's wrong. 
I have to understand that God decides what's right and what's wrong. And I have to understand that he's going to hold me accountable to that standard. Like if we are driving down the road, we have to abide by the rules, by the law of the road. We don't get to write them. And if we're driving by a police officer, how many of you know that you're hitting that brake? Well, some of you aren't driving. So you won't ever have to do that because you will never go even one mile per hour over the speed limit. I trust. But nobody's going to go flying down the highway, flying down the road if they see a cop up there because they know they don't make the laws and that that police officer is going to enforce the laws. And so, first, fear of the Lord's reverence and awe or respect. Two, it's a moral mindset. God decides right and wrong, and he enforces it. He'll hold me accountable. And then three, it's a humility before God. It's understanding your place in this world as creature instead of creation. Like, the world doesn't revolve around me, okay? The world, it definitely doesn't. But I could pretend like it did. And being humble before God is recognizing that the world doesn't revolve around me and that there's something bigger than myself. Anyone ever experience or witness road rage? Yeah, maybe some of that on that video was road rage and ended up with some cars flipping over. Now, a lot of people who engage in road rage, they're usually mad because what? That person is slowing me down. That person should have seen me. I wanted that spot on the road. I am more important than them, Caden. Okay? So I'm enraged on the road. That's what road rage is. Road rage is, is just people being selfish, thinking it's all about them. Right? And so that's the third way to understand the fear of the Lord, being humble before God. It's reverence and awe, moral mindset, and humility before God. And so if you want wisdom, you have to start there. You have to walk through the right door. You have to lay that foundation. You have to have the fear of the Lord. So how do you get wisdom? Start with the fear of the Lord. But here's three ways that you guys can practically get wisdom and grow in wisdom. The first is this. It's pray and ask God. Pray and ask God. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And I remember a number of years ago, thinking back to this verse, I was in a really tough situation in a relationship. Not a dating relationship, but kind of a friendship, classmate relationship. And it was going really bad. I didn't know how I was going to make it through this year with this person, having to be around them constantly. Like, I don't know, they, they were like always belittling me. They were like, like it, was, it, was, it was just uncomfortable. It was really stressful, actually. And I remembered this verse, and I was like, oh, I know I'm going to pray and ask God for wisdom. I'm going to ask him what to do in this situation. And I, I, I kid you not, I literally prayed that at night, and I went to sleep, and I had a dream that I talked to this person, and I said certain things, and then in the dream, they turned into like a little kid and started crying. But that's irrelevant. I knew what I had to tell them. So I wrote these things down on a piece of paper, and I gave it to them, 
And they never said anything to me about it, but it just changed. They were nice, had a good friendship. We ended up actually, uh, ended up actually becoming really close, and she came all the way from one of the M states. What are the M states? Missouri. Actually, I don't know, but it's, it's one of the... She came all the way out of state to come to mine and Hope's wedding it, because I prayed and asked God for wisdom. Now, it's never happened to me like that before or again where I've had a dream, but every single time I ask God for wisdom and I seek for his help in a situation that I'm dealing with, he never fails. I always end up knowing what to do. It's not always immediate. Sometimes it takes hours, weeks, months even for bigger things, but he never fails. And scripture is true. If anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God and he'll give it to you. So how do you get wisdom? First one is pray. Two, seek God's word. Psalm 119, 105 says this, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. God's word is full of wisdom. It's full of of instruction on how we should live rightly in God's world. And growing up in the church, I, I think maybe I, I've taken this for granted. Like, this is common knowledge. Everybody knows this. But I learned uh, in my, you know, my later years, I'm 28 now, so I'm getting really old. Uh, I've learned that that's not the case. It's not really common sense. It's just something that I've taken for granted that I've been able to have access to and read the Bible my whole life. And I remember, uh, how many of you guys know what consumer's energy is? Yeah, they turn your lights off, they stink. Well, I used to work for them. I didn't turn anyone's lights off, so don't worry. But I remember in the job interview, uh, they asked me what I would do, because it was customer service. They asked me, what, what would you do if someone was like screaming at you on the phone, like cussing you out, and like you didn't do anything wrong, but... Uh, you, had to, you had to inform them of like how things work here, maybe even why, why they're shut off and like, because they didn't pay their bills. Like, what would you do if someone was really angry at you? And I literally just quoted a scripture to them. I quoted from Proverbs that, um, oh great, now I can't remember it. I, <laughs> I, quoted, I quoted from Proverbs that a soft answer turns away wrath. A soft answer turns away wrath. They were so impressed with that. They called me that night and, and, and gave me the job. And I worked there for a little over a year, and she brought it up all the time. She was like, man, that, that thing that you said, a soft answer turns away wrath, that, that is so true. Like, she was blown away. I didn't take credit for her. I told her it was from the Bible. And she told me, after being there for like a few months, she was like, I think you are the best in this whole office of customer service representatives at doing that, at like handling those calls. They called them soft skills, and they had me teach a class on it to other representatives who've been there for years. And I was like, I, I didn't come up. I mean, it's, it's, it's in the book. It's in the Bible. Like, that's just wisdom that's found in God's word. She was blown away, right? It seems like common sense, right? Like, I saw Angel, like, you were like, what? She, she thought that was impressive? She's like, I'm not impressed with you. I'm just messing with you, Angel. 
But God's word is full of wisdom. It's a lamp for your feet, a light for your path. If you don't know what to do, you need wisdom, search God's word. Oh, and if you don't know where to start, you could Google it. What does the Bible say about? You got to be careful, though. Make sure that you're finding scripture and not what someone's saying about it, because you never know what someone's saying about it. But if you don't know where certain things are located, that's a good trick. Google it. Say, what is the verse about wrathful, turning away soft? And you'll you'll get it. It'll get the keywords, and, and, and you'll find it. And then make sure that you find it in the Bible, because, you know, not everything online is accurate in I don't know why people put weird stuff on there. Anyway, you want to get wisdom and grow in wisdom, so pray. Seek God's word, like search his word, find out what's in it. And then number three, ask a godly leader. Ask a godly leader. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. So when you're getting a lot of advice, you're safe. Where there's no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Now, I remember being young and watching my parents go through um, a recession, and my dad was in construction, and I remember growing up with a real fear that I was not going to be able to make any money or provide for my family. I remember thinking that that adult world that I'm getting ready to go into is terrifying. Like, can I even get married and have kids? How well am I going to feed them? Like, how am I going to pay for a house? I literally don't make any money right now. How does one get from making no money to paying bills and making money? Like, it just scared, it just scared me. It scared me a lot. And uh, for a while, until I got married, I had to ask a lot of advice so that I could be ready and not drag you down hope with my um, financial woes, right? But thank God everything worked out, but it's because I sought advice from godly leaders, pastors, leaders, my parents. My parents, that's a big one. Just take a pause for a second. I want to tell you guys, your parents, your parent, God has given you your parents and not every, not every parent is the same, and there's no perfect parent, but God has given you parents to be leaders over you. You should honor them. Whether they're believers in Christ or they're not believers in Christ, God has put them in your life. You should honor them and seek their advice, seek the wisdom that they have. But anyway, I was afraid of uh, financial failure, and I... I uh, asked for counsel from a lot of different leaders in my life, and my fear ended up going away. And I'm not in financial ruin, right, Hope? Right? Yeah. We're good. So those are three ways to get wisdom. Now, first, you have to start with what, Sammy? What do you have to start with? The fear of the Lord. Very good. The fear of the Lord. That's the foundation. That's the right door that you have to walk through. Then what? How do you get it? Pray. Seek God's word. 
or search his word. Man, that would have been a better way to say that. Put that on the slide. If you're taking notes on that slide and it says seek God's word, just cross it, just put search God's That's probably a little, probably a little better. And then ask a godly leader because where there's no guidance of people falls, you can't think that you know it all and you can do it all yourself. In an abundance of counselors, there is safety. So do these things and make them habits and start with the fear of the Lord. And you're going to be able to step into those vehicles, the vehicle of middle school, high school, the vehicle of relationships, the vehicle of making decisions about your future, big decisions. And you're going to be able to experience God's blessing and favor and the benefits that living rightly brings. And you're going to be able to avoid so many wrecks, so many uh, places where you could have gone off course, so many places where you could have ended up hurt and hurting other people. With wisdom, that's how you're going to do that. Make these three things a habit in your life. Prayer, reading God's word, and uh, reaching out to godly leaders. We hope you enjoyed this message. Tune in next week for another message from our weekly service. Or check us out at facebook.com slash thriveccc or instagram.com slash thriveccc.